In the first letter of John, the purpose of Jesus' life and ministry is stated in one single sentence. The Son of God came for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. That, I think, is well illustrated in the story we just heard from the Gospel. And I invite you to pray with me before we reflect on it. Lord, give us minds that are open and receptive to the truth of your word and hearts that are open as to how you want us to respond. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. In the early years of my ministry, I remember going uh, to visit a church member in the local psychiatric hospital. I'd hardly got through the front door when I was accosted by a young lady who noticed my dog collar. You must be Jesus, she said. I'm one of the prophets. I can't recall the reply that I gave, but I do remember being very thankful that I had a coat and a scarf on. And I threw the scarf around my neck, hiding my dog collar, hurried along the corridor until I arrived at the ward where I was due to visit the member so that I wouldn't get any similar encounters. Many psychiatrists are interested in the relationship between religion and schizophrenia. They sometimes describe patients as having delusions, thinking they're divine or some kind of God. Now, we don't know whether this man in the synagogue at Capernaum was a schizophrenic or not. Some commentators have suggested that what he was suffering from might have been as straightforward as epilepsy. Certainly not all sickness was attributed to demons. But generally, any kind of disease which involved loss of control was considered to be demonic. And the gospel writers make it quite clear that demons were increasingly regarded as representative of the forces opposed to God. Now, whilst there's something of a mystery about exactly what this man was suffering from, there are two questions right at the heart of the passage which reveal great insight. Whatever the man's problem was, there was some recognition, some heightened spiritual awareness by the evil spirit as to who Jesus was. The evil spirit asks two questions. The first question is, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? The literal translation is, what to you and me? Doesn't make a lot of sense. More likely translated, what have we got in common? And the answer to that question, of course, was the evil spirit had control over the man, but recognised in Jesus somebody else who could have control over this man. The second question also shows great perception on behalf, on the part of the evil spirit, because he says to Jesus, have you come to destroy us? And the answer to that question takes us to the very heart of Jesus's ministry, and what it was all about, waging a campaign against evil with authoritative words and effective actions. Jesus is on the offensive, and this is an offensive against evil at the heart of the Ministry of Jesus. This is what Mark wants to bring out. As Deacon Alley pointed out in her sermon last week, there's an urgency about Mark's writings. At the start of the gospel, he doesn't spend time um, on telling us about the birth stories of Jesus like Matthew and Luke. He takes just 20 verses to talk about the work of John the Baptist, the baptism of Jesus, the temptations of Jesus and the call of the first disciples. 
And in those verses where he talks about the temptations of Jesus, it's all over and done with in three verses. And he describes it simply as a confrontation between Jesus and Satan. And then immediately after this introduction of 20 verses, four different episodes packed into that short space, we come to the, the reading this morning, the first of the miracles. And again, it's a story of confrontation, confrontation between Jesus and the powers of evil. It was a Swedish theologian and Lutheran bishop, Gustav Aulain, who was who waxed eloquent about this theme in the Gospels. He pointed out that this fundamental theme, this confrontation between Jesus and the powers of evil, dominated the viewpoint of the ancient church in regard to the meaning of the work of Christ. And he goes on to point out that this fundamental theme of Christianity is seen in many Easter hymns and in a lot of Christian artwork. So we're back, I think, at that simple statement in the letter of John. The Son of God came for this purpose, to destroy the work of the devil. And in his gospel, Mark continues this theme of confrontation with other stories, the healing of the Gerasene demoniac living amongst the tombs, the healing of a girl possessed by an evil spirit brought to Jesus by her mother, the healing of a boy possessed by a spirit who had lost his speech. And in each case, Jesus was rescuing people from a situation where they'd lost control of their lives and their actions. And this battle against evil, begun during his temptations, continued throughout his ministry, right through to Calvary. And this ministry of confronting evil and releasing people from the control of evil was taken up by the apostles in the days of the early church. The story we heard from the Acts of the Apostles is just one example. That woman in Philippi, controlled by some evil spirit, had developed a fortune-telling business, which again would put her customers under the control of evil. But she herself was under the control of a group of traders who made money from her strange behaviour. And through the healing that Paul and Silas prayed over her, she was released from the control both of the illness and the control of those who were exploiting her. And while she was healed from the demonic forces that dragged her life down, her owners had their financial stability threatened. But the presence of Jesus that challenged the evil practice brought hope for that woman and enabled her to regain control of her life that had been stolen from her by possession by spirit and evil people. Now, if we think that we live in times when belief in demons and evil spirits is done and over with, then we need to stop and think again. There are many people who are controlled either by evil spirits or evil people or both. Just share with you three examples very briefly. First of all, there are parts of the world where that simple belief in demons and evil spirits is still rife and where witchcraft is still practised. One of our recent global greetings came from Uganda, from a Christian organisation engaged in building wells and helping children to access education in engaging in a prison ministry. But another part of their work is releasing those who are trapped in the practices of witchcraft. 
And in those situations, Christians need to offer a ministry of deliverance. Secondly, last Wednesday was Holocaust Memorial Day, time to recall an horrendous unleashing of evil that began by controlling the lives of many Jews, where they could live, what work they could do, who they could marry, and ultimately took away the life of six million Jews during the Second World War. What else but possession by evil led people to behave so cruelly so as to gain that kind of control over other people? And thirdly, I find myself thinking about people who have been trafficked, trafficked as slaves. During the last 15 to 20 years, I've been privileged to get to know quite well three women who were trafficked to this country by people with completely evil intent and to all intents and purposes possessed these women. The women came from three different countries. They become the victims of people who were bent on gaining control over other people, destroying their lives, making money from them. And I was moved and sometimes moved to tears as I listened to the stories of those women. I was humbled by the dignity that they showed in their suffering and I was challenged by their strong faith in God. And in each case, in different ways, Jesus brought them freedom and hope and opportunity to flourish. Praise God. This battle against evil forces that control and damage and destroy people is still on. And the followers of Jesus are called to be part of that battle. Some of the traditional words that are used in baptismal liturgies are referred to those becoming Christians as being Christ's soldiers and servants and being commanded to fight valiantly as a disciple of Christ against sin, the world and the devil. So we can give thanks to God for his word to us this morning through this healing story right at the beginning of Mark's gospel, because it comes as a word of hope to all who are held in the grip of evil forces, there is release through Jesus. It comes as a word of warning for those who are engaged in evil practices. Jesus is on the warpath. And it comes as a word of challenge to those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus to share in his ministry of confronting all that is evil. And may we do just that. Amen.